Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, all right, all right. Friday, February 11th, uh, very, at least for me, exciting show. Uh, we have another uh, gubernatorial candidate, Charles W. Herbster, in the studio. It's day, Johnny, what is it, 171 of the mask mandate? 171 of the mask mandate. Okay, we've got to keep that going at least for two more weeks. 171. Uh, we're going to essentially reach what we would call in the Navy a deployment of being masked up here in Lincoln, Nebraska. I am still detainee 3101 in that siege. Uh, my name is Jack Riggins. I am the commander and the host, and uh, Johnny722, Detainee722, is on the board. Well, let's get to it, because uh, we've got a primary coming up, we've got a governor's race coming up, and uh, a lot of the, the candidates are coming on the show, and I appreciate their time. So, so Charles W. Herbster, thank you for coming in. Jack and John, thank you. It's great to be here. It's like John and Jack were two Catholic boys, I guess, you know, <laughs> with those names. I never thought about that way, but yeah, we appreciate it. I know you've been busy um, on the campaign trail and probably meeting with a lot of folks. And, uh, what, you know, my biggest question to any candidate always is, especially if you haven't been in politics as your profession, so to speak, even though it's not supposed to be a profession, um, why, what was the impetus and the motivation now for you to think, you know what, I've got a lot of good to serve the citizens of Nebraska. Well, let me just share with you that, uh, I like when Kellyanne Conway and I, uh, do some interviews together. She says, I don't need to do this, and she's right. Why am I doing it? I first look at people and say, I have no earthly idea why I'm doing it. <laughs> and then they get a little bit glassy-eyed, and they say, no, I can tell you exactly why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I see what's happening in Washington. I see what's happening in our states. I spent three days on the border to find out what's really taken place with all of the illegal immigration that's coming into this country i'm all for immigration jack absolutely we need good people to come to america who want to honor america want to honor god want to honor our flag and want to speak the english language that's not what is taking place across the southern border right now along with that a trillion dollars worth of drugs are coming into the united states of america every single year being processed in China and coming through our Mexican southern border, that will totally change the culture of this country. In fact, Rod, my deputy campaign manager, is here in the studio with me. We just talked at lunch today uh, that there was four or five individuals just over the past couple weeks in Omaha, Nebraska, that had overdoses of fentanyl. This will totally change our nation. And so I'm here, and I decided to run for governor because I believe it's time that Christian business people all across this country stand up and take a stand, because if we don't, we will lose the very America that our forefathers fought for. And I say, as I go across the state, if we lose America, if we lose our freedoms, where are we going to go? Oof. Well, that's it's powerful. Um, it's powerful, um, your motivation to serve. 
and you hit on a few things, and, and I think the audience knows because they listen to me a lot, uh, especially when it comes to political candidates and the big ones, uh, Governor. Uh, I don't do a lot of research because I want to. I want to get to know you and get to see you here face to face, not get it jaded by you know the process. I understand the process. You know, you've, you've got to sell your ideas, but um, you mentioned two things that are near and dear to my heart. Um, and I don't think people understand, um, and I'm familiar as a former military officer of what we call an existential threat. And for years, um, you know, the upswell of China, and there's many ways to fight a war and try to destabilize your enemy. Uh, one is to use your military. Um, and you made a connection there that I don't see often from many people, that China, using our weak southern border policies, uses their influence and our weak policies to build a threat from within using drugs and sometimes information campaigns to weaken American values. And what I am proud to hear you say is that you understand that affects Nebraskans. It affects every single state. Every single state is a border state. You know, I just can't say enough to Brandon Judd, who heads up our agents on the southern border. I spent a lot of time with him in the three days we were there. We probably traveled in three different locations over 250 miles of border wow. to see the various challenges and and I can just say and I'll say this to the listeners I'll say this to you everywhere I go I ask people to pray for our border patrol agents mm-hmm. because they are giving their life putting their life on the line every single day to try to do the best job they can to protect America. And they absolutely feel that Washington has abandoned them, and Washington has. Yeah, that's it. that's not a good situation for anyone in our law enforcement infrastructure, or in this case, Border Patrol, which we're talking about, you know, to feel like your arms and legs are tied and that the greater architecture isn't supporting you. It's a real threat. There's no doubt about it. And again, it makes its way, as you said, when you look at drugs and fentanyl um, right here in into Nebraska. I want you to just think about this. Go back to the beginning of the forming of our nation. And already this year or last year, I'll say in 2021, in 2021, we have had more illegal people cross our border than the entire population of the United States of America when our country was formed in 1776. Yeah, the, these last couple years have been in an in incredible influx. You also mentioned something that I think is is great. Is um, We had Elena Newman on, who in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, really is a good spokesman for the immigrant and refugee population here. Um, and she herself is an immigrant um, and has done well. Um, and you're absolutely right. No, America is not against immigration. As Absolutely a, not. As a matter of fact, um, we would all welcome it. I think most of us would say we need to figure out a way to have smoother immigration policies so that they can integrate into our society. But there's a big difference between immigration and illegal immigration and people just invading the border. Do you know that if we had great legal immigration policies, we could bring the best talent the best skill, the best minds from all over the world because everyone wants to come to America. Absolutely. When you go overseas, I've been in 18 foreign countries, I can share with you when you talk to parents, the dream of the parents is not that they'll come to America. The dream is that somehow, some way, their children or their grandchildren will get to come to America because everybody knows America 
is the shining light on the hill. Yeah, getting outside of the state, uh, getting experience, especially in other states and around the world, provides you a perspective that whatever you hear, America is the shining light on the hill. I, I would be extremely sad if it ever is not, um, and it still is, and it still wants to be. Um, but there are more and more challenges. Uh, bringing it closer to home, um, Nebraska, what do you see are some of the challenges going forward in Nebraska and, and things you want to attack if elected? Well, first of all, I came out immediately early on when I announced my campaign against critical race theory in the school systems across Nebraska and in the university. And I know that different individuals say different things. I can guarantee you I can prove the fact that critical race theory came into the University of Nebraska back in 2014 and 2015. It is here. It's in our school systems. And now we have a group of people in Washington that look at our parents and look at the mothers of the children because part of this started to be revealed when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and all the systems that were put in place so students had to stay home, young people had to stay home and do some of the schooling by virtual. And then people started to realize, what is this that's being taught to our children? We have no place in Nebraska. We have no place in the United States of America where we're teaching our young people what's wrong with America. We need to go back to the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. I know that sounds basic, but you know what? Our our intelligence level in our school systems is suffering because we're spending time trying to teach people What's wrong with the country? What's wrong with the civilization? What's wrong with our leaders tearing down statues all across this nation? Statues of individuals who without them we wouldn't be America today. So I'm definitely against critical race theory in every facet. I want to make America prosperous. I want to make Nebraska prosperous. And to do that, we have got to look at our tax system in this state Everybody talks about it. We've talked about it for at least 15, 20 years. But nobody really has figured out a way to try to continue to put a Band-Aid on a 1967 tax code and make that relevant today in the 21st century. And I've been criticized. I've used the word epic tax. I've used the word consumption tax. I've used all of those. Here's what I'm going to say to you. I'm a farmer in Richardson County. When I plant soybeans and plant corn, I don't plant the same variety in every farm. I don't plant the same number. I diversify because I know that's what's going to get me the best yields. As we look at building a tax code for the 21st century, we need to look at everything. We need to look at maybe some things from the epic tax, some things from the consumption tax, some things from what we're doing property tax right now. We need to look at other states like North Carolina, other states like Iowa. Kim Reynolds just introduced a new tax proposal in her state. She made the front cover of the Wall Street Journal. Now, whether she's going to get that through the legislature or not, we don't know for sure. But we're going to have to make some bold moves in this state because we have to develop a reason for our young people to stay here we want them to stay in the state but that's still not enough you still got to bring business from outside other places across the country look at what's happening in south dakota with governor Nome. what's happening in iowa 
Nebraska needs to have a piece of that. We need to have a chunk of that. And so we've got to look at broadband. We've got to look at better highways, better road systems. All those things are a key. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to bring true neutral revenue tax relief to the Nebraska people, the person out there on the street who now is paying another dollar a gallon for gas. They're paying 40% more for their food. They're paying 35% more for their energy costs. Just saw on Facebook before I walked into the studio, they're talking about gasoline going up another 10 cents tonight Mm -hmm. before tomorrow morning. Those are the people that need tax relief. Today, Charles Herbster, Jim Pillen, Governor Pete Ricketts, others, we don't need the tax relief. Now, would we like to have it? Sure, everybody would love to have it. But it's the people on the street, it's the farmers, the ranchers, the teachers, the hospital workers, those people that's driving up and down O Street tonight as they go home, we have to give them tax relief. I talked to an individual, had a home in Oklahoma, a $400,000 home. He said his tax on that home was a little over $2,000 a year. They came back to Nebraska, thank goodness, because a family bought a home in Omaha, and now a $400,000 home is about ten to $12,000 mm-hmm. in taxes, almost five to six times. We have to address that. You bet. Uh, again, we're on with uh, gubernatorial candidate Charles W. Herbster. Uh, we've got him all hour. Um, very thankful he's here, and I know... Uh, you know, all the candidates are welcome, and, and we've had a few others on, and uh, we're going to continue to do this as long as uh, all the candidates will give us time here in the Lincoln-Lancaster County area. Uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, Board of Security and the motivation for uh, why now and, and running for governor. Uh, we've talked about education, and, um, you know, there's no place for CRT in in this state, as well as, you know, we've got to broaden uh, what I'm going to call examine best practices around the nation the world for tax relief for the citizens, without a doubt. I, I want to go back just real quick to this illegal immigration thing is a big deal. It's always been a big deal in America, and, and a lot of times it it ebbs and flows depending on the president of the United States and how good or bad they're going to handle it. Um, we're not in a good time right now because of the president of the United States. I think most sane people would recognize that. Um, if elected, what are some of the things you can do to help curb and protect Nebraskans from that illegal immigration flow into the state as it comes in here? Well, I've not been governor before, and I've not held political office before. I just had a meeting just a couple hours ago, and I said, uh, I have a question. I said, as as governor, uh, if if I know that there's places where individuals are coming into our state that are illegal, um, can I put together some help yes, from the state Taylor. patrol, and can we have a, a be a part of saying no to those people? Right. And interestingly enough, uh, that's what we used to do in Nebraska. I just found that out, and yeah. and now we don't do that anymore. The other thing is we've got to look at if they're coming here for a bunch of freebies, and that's really what's happening today. Now, there may be some really great, wonderful people coming across the border, but the majority of them coming across the border want something free. They want everything free, Mm -hmm. even at the university. We have illegals that we're using tax dollars to educate them. Jack, if we're going to do that, Let's educate our own hometown people who were born and raised here who are citizens. 
not individuals who cross the border illegally and are planning on staying here for the rest of their life and operating under that. I I appreciate, and and I mean, it's out there on record, but I appreciate you uh, honestly and humbly saying, I haven't served in the governor's seat in politics. And that's fair. That's legit. What I heard you say, and I hope the audience heard this, is um, you're exploring the options. And, And what I think you're saying is you'll use everything in that legal office that you can to kind of, um, you know, kick back those things that Nebraskans are suffering from the illegal immigration policies that are failing at the federal level. I absolutely will. I'm a fighter. Everybody knows that. Uh, That's probably one of the reasons that President Donald J. Trump endorsed me, because he knows I'm a fighter. And we're going to fight first and foremost for Nebraskans. All right, Charles W. Herbster, excuse me, on Drive Time Lincoln. Um, We're going to continue the conversation when we come back. We're going to talk about some veterans initiatives as well as uh, his platform and get to know him a little better. Drive Time Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499 KLIN. All right, we've got uh, gubernatorial candidate Charles W. Herbster on the show today. We've only got two minutes. Uh, I'm going to throw you kind of a softball. Um, Interests outside of your business, you know, the love for America, your family. What do you like to do? Raising beautiful registered cattle and (laughs) promoting them worldwide that's what i love to do jack nothing better than that so you're getting literally to live your passion i am living my passion i'm everything that i do previous to running for governor i absolutely love to do but it's just great to go out there and be in the hayfield and fall city during the summertime and bale hay all night and be in the cattle business we're calving right now we got about 50 calves on the ground and uh, i just love it wow um well, that's an envy of a lot of people to be able to align uh, your passion with what you get to do. Um, now, this is going to be goofy. People are going to say, Jack, why would you ask this question? But I have been asking of local officials. Are you familiar with the show Yellowstone that's that's been out there? Well, not only am I familiar with it, but I watch it religiously. I've even watched it twice, and I'll watch very little TV. <laughs> but trust me, yes, I am familiar. Okay, and, and 18... 1838. 18, yeah, 1883. Yes, I just finished the last uh, episode or got caught up last night on that. I love both shows. I think they're uh, a great representation of Americana and, and also some social issues. One of the things I always ask is, do you know if elected, because I ask everybody this, is there a position like that John Dutton's son is, is holding right now and that he held that I could get in our state government and go out and force some things to help the sitting governor? Well, I actually, I, I, I really believe there is. And, of course, people compare me with John Dutton and then somebody called, oh, my gosh, he's running for governor. <laughs> well, that's good. Now there's a glimmer of hope there. I'm going to look into that a little more. 1,499.3-KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety-nine-three KLIS. All right, we're uh, back. Second segment here with uh, Charles W. Herbster. Hey, callers, if you have a question, just call in uh, on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. And producer Johnny seven two two, he'll get your question. He'll get it fed over to me, and as we go along, I will try to get it in. I know I've already gotten a few in from the text line. Um, we've covered everything from maybe a position of livestock agent out there 
either for Charles himself or maybe the commander, uh, if elected. It would be tough as governor to enforce all of that. We've talked about border and immigration and how you know the federal government's failing us, and, and that's impacting uh, Nebraskans and, and his views and, and using all power uh, available to him as governor to help Nebraskans with that, as well as education and, and tax reform. Uh, there's a lot of issues. One of the ones that's big here in Lincoln, but I think it's big everywhere, and not always all Americans are paying attention to that, and that's support of law enforcement and, and ensuring that we have the men and women in uniform that can enforce the law. Well, let me say this just as a citizen, beyond any governor's campaign, I love our law officers, I love our firefighters, I love our first responders. All of those individuals, every single day, again, are willing to risk their life to save somebody else's life. I think it's so tragic today as a nation, again, that we're in the school systems, on the news media, teaching and talking about how bad our law enforcement officers are. Look, Jack, at the places in Minneapolis, on the West Coast, on the East Coast, where we had liberals take down our law officers on the news media, and look what happened in those cities. I can share with you as governor of the state of Nebraska, the law officers and everyone attached to that in this state are going to love me as their next governor because I'm going to protect them, we're going to hold them up, we're going to honor them, and we're going to make sure that they're treated right, they're treated well. I can tell you in rural America today, our sheriffs, some of our people in those rural areas are really, really struggling. The drug situation, as we talked about earlier, is 10 times what it was 10 or 15 years ago. They're dealing with that. So we need to honor them. Veterans, our first responders, all of those individuals who are helping every day to save this country, uh, we're going to do some beautiful things for those people when I become governor. You might want to steal something I learned from, because uh, I learned a lot from the movies. No, I do a lot of historical research. I actually do, folks. But I like to watch when movies uh, and, and shows talk about historical things to balance it. And uh, Kevin Costner did a rendition of Wide Earp years back. And uh, he had a great line as he came back to Dodge City, and he said... To all the lawless people, he said, it all ends now. Absolutely. And, I love it. And and I have said that many times on the battlefield. I have said that if my own seals were getting a little out of, out of hand. And here's the deal. It all ends now. We have to support our law enforcement and, and first responders and firemen. I mean, this is a cornerstone of America. And let me just say publicly here in the studio, thank you. Thank you, Jack for what you have done yeah, to protect that. America. We honor you. We love you for that. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, there's not a, well, there's nothing better in this republic than people that want to serve. And it, it doesn't matter if it's in the military or to serve in your local community or even to serve in politics. Um, that's what the beauty of America is and, and the republic. And I hope that people will understand that. And the other part of it is, is it's about real people that just feel the calling to go do it. Absolutely, and we need young people who look at our police officers and all of those people that are first responders, our firefighters, and want to be like they are. We want them to look up to them and say, you know what, my, my dream is to put on that uniform. My dream is to help save other people. 
Yeah, I know that you and your staff have been working on, uh, I, I don't know if I want to call it a policy, but I want to say if elected, and that is support to our veterans in this state. And uh, and I myself belong to several uh, benevolent organizations and, and trying to help funnel money, uh, specifically in the mental health arena. But you have said, you know what, I've taken a look at this and, and we're going to do some things that we haven't tried to do in the past in the state of Nebraska to help veterans. I've had some great meetings with the Nebraska Veterans Coalition. We've met in our office in Omaha. They've brought me some great ideas and proposals of things that we can do to even go further than we are now to help individuals who, again, have fought for America. Uh, I just met just about an hour ago with an individual who actually, when I let him read some of the things that we're going to look at, some of the things that we're going to propose. He, he started crying because he said, he said, this is for my son. He says, this is what I didn't have. This is what my son needed. So we're going to do everything we possibly can, both publicly and privately, to help our veterans with the things that they deal with when they come back from defending this country. I know these ideas are, are really fresh, and one of the things when I read through it, um, and Rod, you may want to talk to this, was uh, you know you 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 hit on uh, public-private partnerships, and and what I call, and it might be the wrong term, I call it benevolence, but but using that mechanism to kind of hyperdrive and bolster what we already have, and and really looking at the ideas um, to get this thing going. Yeah, Jack, and that's a great point. Uh, you know, when we started in Charles, had several meetings with the Nebraska Veterans Coalition and a number of veterans, uh, and they brought to us some ideas. And one of the models out there is a Mass General in, in Massachusetts uh, home base program. Now, that's a, a private-public uh, partnership there uh, through Mass General. Uh, where they do do work to serve the needs of the veterans community and mental health needs, which is a very underserved community. So we look at that. We look at uh, home base in Iowa, which deals with more employment type things. We look at a whole bunch of different ideas, and we realize that there's a need out there, and there are private businesses that are willing to step up in other states uh, to help to help fund this and to help this program. So why can't we do something like that in Nebraska? You know, so it's a proposal. And the you know, great thing about Charles is, you know. He listened to these people, and he tasked us, look into this and see what we can do. So we did our research, and today we presented Charles with the overall plan based upon what Charles was thinking and what they had thought. And, uh, you know, no governor no governor alone can do anything, uh, but I think this is a good start. Uh, the proposal will be out publicly uh, soon. Uh, and, and, you know, if it's not this, it's going to be something else, because this is a very important issue to all Nebraskans, and and with Charles Herbster as your next governor, it's going to be a very important issue to him, too. And, Jack, let me just say this. This is just the start. I'm well aware that there's other areas of mental health challenges just beyond our veterans, mm -hmm. but this is, the, this is the place for us to start, the place for me to start as governor, and then I want to expand that because I want to address that all across the state of Nebraska. Yeah, you know, one of the great things is I've helped in that area – 
um, you know, not only on active duty, but as I've come back to the state and, and what you realize across the state, folks, is, yes, there's folks like me that served active duty, but the vast majority of Nebraskans served in this war through the National Guard. They were citizen soldiers that had day jobs. Um, they weren't always uh, didn't have as much training as someone like me. And that represents the vast majority of Nebraskans that are still in our community and they suffer the same things. But also, as you stated, um, there's a lot of that in our law enforcement community. There's other people. And while the military sometimes gets the impetus to get it going, a lot of cross sharing of the ideas between the populations really benefits all, Um, you know, even down to children and people that suffer similar things through trauma. You know, whether it be, you know, violence action or or whatever. Um, One of the questions, you know, it's come up and I think this is so funny, but I guess this is politics Um, because I've heard this in your campaign or in the race. Are you really from Nebraska? It's been asked, (laughs) oh, I think just about a thousand times. Right, right. And let me just say, born and raised in Falls City, Nebraska, lived in Richardson County, have always voted in Nebraska. Every vehicle I have, and I have many, uh, are all Nebraska plates, many of them Trump plates. Uh, (laughs) People see that as I drive across the state. Uh, There was a time early on in the 1980s that I actually lived in Grand Island for three years, lived with a good friend of mine, Gordy Scarborough, who's still alive today, 86 years old. His house was hit that night on June 3rd, 1980, when the tornado went down Bismarck Street. I've got to tell you a story off air about that night. Okay. I can't do it on air. well, (laughs) well, Well, Judy was in the house that night, and she lived because she crawled under the waterbed because all the walls of that house, the roof, everything was gone. Gordy and I were here in Lincoln, Nebraska, at a Conklin meeting. And then, of course, when we were married in 1982, we lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. We lived out of a little townhouse, 1624 Granada Lane. So I have always lived in Nebraska. I've always been a Nebraska resident. If that's not enough to answer the question, then go to Falls City, talk to my neighbors now across the street, <laughs> and they'll tell you that Fair. I'm there. Fair. No, you know what? I I have to ask it one because one of my callers wanted to know and the callers know that I respect, you know, I call this the people's platform. And so we respond to as many of them as we can. But I have to say, I have even heard that as as an active duty guy. You know, when I move back, right, uh, whether, you know, I'd be doing something or something and people would say to me, well, you're not Nebraskan. And I'm like, I've been raised my whole life. I'm a graduate of the university. The only time I wasn't in this state was while I was on active duty in the United States Navy for 20 years. When I was done with that, I moved right back to Nebraska. I raised my kids here. But it's just, there's, you know, whatever. People want to know, and you answered, and uh, it, I find it funny. And, and let me say this. <laughs> I live in Nebraska because I love Nebraska. I am the one that could move to Florida, move somewhere else, save hundreds of thousands of dollars on tax. I'm not doing that because I love this state. I want to build this state, and I know we can do some great things. Yeah, you in Lincoln here, we hear a lot uh, locally right now. Um, you know, some people believe that there's policies being made that are uh, draining talent out of Lincoln, um, and there's others that believe you know we're bringing talent in. In the end of the day, any state, any any place wants to continue to make an attractive state for talent to come into and to also. Uh, keep the talent that we have. What are some of your thoughts as we move forward in the future and if elected to to keep Nebraska growing and to keep on the cutting edge, both of ag and some of the other industries that we have here? We have 49.2 million approximate land acres in the state of Nebraska, or that's that's the size of the state. Uh, 44.2 million of that is some form of agriculture, including the rangeland. 
agriculture is number one in the state of Nebraska. Um, this is a little bit different answer, and I'll get back to your question. But let me just say this. As a farmer today, realizing that America is still the breadbasket of the world, the number one concern I have and the number one thing I'm going to look at as I become governor of the state is any foreign investments in our rangeland or our ag land in this state. A national security issue, Jack, is the next thing that's on the horizon from those countries over there, China leading the way, who want to take down this country, and they're going to do it, if we allow it, by taking our agricultural technology. They've already done it in many ways. Look at the foreign investment in our processing plants all across this country. It absolutely should scare the hell out of us. Mm -hmm. And now they're trying to buy farmland. If we think we had a problem with the pandemic and we were scared when we went out to Sam's or Walmart or the grocery store to find toilet tissue or paper towels, you let foreign investment take control of the food basket of the world, and we'll have something to be scared about because I can tell you where the food's going to go first. It won't be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, we're on with uh, Charles W. Herbster uh, running for governor. Um, self-admits, hasn't been a politician before, um, but is exploring and, and using what I would say, as you describe it, you know, best practices and, and listening to the people. Um, some of the other issues uh, locally and, and even statewide and a little bit nation um, is election security. Um, it's a big topic right now. And, and in Lincoln, um, you know, our county board was... I don't want to say caught red-handed, but, uh, you know, they voted to bring in outside money through what is commonly known as Zuckerbucks. Um, you know, what is your stance on outside money coming into state elections or federal elections? And, you know, how serious is election security to you? Well, I'd say two things. First of all, I don't think there's very many people in this state who'd be very excited about Mark Zuckerberg or anybody else bringing money into this state and having an impact on our election. Second of all, Election integrity is, it's not an option. It is the most important thing because it is absolutely the foundation of our republic. We are a republic, and if we don't have election integrity, we have simply nothing, and we will lose America. Read Mark Levin's book, American Marxism. It's the platform. It tells you exactly what's going on in America, and we have to stand up, and I'm going to do that as the next governor. That's clear, and that is uh, really, you know, I think that's what you want from your politicians, folks, is you want uh, clear stances on things and things that you can understand. Um, and, you know, we have covered on this show the Zuckerbucks. We're going to continue to because this is right here in Lancaster County, and we're going to make sure it's it's not here. Um, and I hope that all of you listeners out there will also double down on understanding that election security is the foundation of our republic. Um, just like uh, candidate for governor Charles W. Herbster said. Um, I'll tell you what, we've got a few more minutes, uh, about 30 seconds here. Talk to your constituents. I just want to say to all of you listening that um, you're going to be very, very happy to have me as your next governor. And I promise when it comes to conservative fiscal values, Christian-based values, I will not let you down. Charles W. Herbster, candidate for governor, giving us his time, a lot of time here on Drive Time Lincoln. Um, thank you, sir, for coming in. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. I, I'm sure we'll have many more. Um, and you're always welcome back, by the way.
I want to come back. All right. 14993 KLIN, Drive Time Lincoln. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. All right. We're finishing up a really good week. I think, of course, I'm going to think that because I'm the host, right, of Drive Time Lincoln. Uh, we've had a lot of great guests on. Uh, we started the week with the sitting governor, Governor Ricketts, uh, a gubernatorial candidate, Alina uh, Nish, stopped by for a little while. Um, yesterday, we had uh, Alina Newman on uh, talking immigrant uh, issues and and uh, refugees here in Lancaster County. And today we finished the week with uh, Governor Candidate Charles W. Herbster. I thought it was a great talk, open and honest, very clear on what he stands for. And and I appreciate that. Uh, to all the other local candidates for office, you're always welcome on the show. To all the other gubernatorial candidates, you are welcome on the show as well to get your word out. Because the key is I want the people to get educated on who and what your platform items are and i want them to be educated voters so that they can go out and they the people can decide who our next round of leaders are this is a cornerstone of our republic and frankly as you've heard me talk i think we the people have gotten sloppy at paying attention and holding our public officials accountable this is the first round where ahead of time you now listen a little bit, you go research the issues that matter to you, you figure it out, you listen to the candidates, you ask questions, and that's what I'm trying to do on this platform so that we, the people, can get educated, we can vote for who we want, and even if our candidate gets in, we're still there to hold them accountable to what they say, and even if our candidate doesn't get in, we don't stop our job as a free people by holding them accountable because that's our job. Without the people holding elected officials accountable, freedom slowly dissipates. And in this case, in the last two years, it's dissipated really quickly. (laughs) So I want you to have a good weekend, Nebraska, Lincoln. uh, We'll come back next week, and we're not going to slow down. We're going to keep hitting it hard. 1,499.3 KLIN.